Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? And thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Jake from White Rock, and we talk about silhouettes, wind socks, spreads, and much, much more. Make sure to check out the discount code DuckGunPod. It's down in the show notes if you want to look it up. But again, it's DuckGunPod for 10% off your order of White Rock products. Anyways, I do apologize. We did have some static coming through from one of our microphones, and uh, sometimes the technical difficulties just get in the way. So anyways, let's jump right into the podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybird from uh, Freelance Duck Hunting. And our guest for today is uh, Jake from White Rock Decoys. How you doing, Jake? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. It's good to have you back, man. Hey, nice to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, that was my first podcast the last time, so now guess what? Second <laughs> podcast. <laughs> awesome. We well, you're the you're the Duck Gun Podcast resident decoy e- expert. So uh, <laughs> anytime That's we can have you me. on to talk about decoys, uh, it's fine by us. Yeah, absolutely. There was multiple people that were going on and on about how personable you were and how much they loved that episode. So we got, I got really good feedback from it. Yeah, same did I. So did I. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, all my guys watched it too. Yeah, it was good. I, uh, they know I like to talk. So. <laughs> awesome. I think I think my mom might actually have a little crush. She kept going on and on about it. <laughs> <laughs> She's only seventy-five. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a, I think, uh, if anybody hasn't gone back and listened to that one or wasn't around when we were doing that one, um, you know, just hearing Jake's story, uh, was just, you know, they they went on a crazy journey from, uh, you know, uh, just guys hunting in the field to, uh, guys producing decoys and selling them at Cabela's. Yeah, that's where we are now, <laughs> man. Cabela's calls every day this time of year too. So <laughs> how do those I mean, phone calls normally go? Well, they don't actually call. They <laughs> they expect things to show up. Okay, gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So. Your your guys' story is kind of the reason why people come to America. And it's like, you have an idea? Here we go. All right, it's our full-time business. I mean, you know. <laughs> right. Let's start, it's yeah. A, it's yeah. a pleasure <laughs> living in America because that kind of stuff is is uh, actually, um, you it's can possible. make it happen. Yeah, yeah it's possible. possible. And you don't even think it's possible until you, you know, see it happen and you don't even know it's happening until you look back and you're like oh yeah that's what everybody talks about what they want to happen <laughs> and it happened and that was that was really cool for us so awesome we like where we are now and yeah so what's going on at white rock right now like uh, what are things like is this the crazy time of year for you guys your least favorite type of year what what's happening what's your day-to-day over there right now so it's really ramping up now yeah so we're about you know, a month and a half from waterfall hunting season starting across most of the northern part of the country. Anyways, so we're really getting stuff in from the year. We've been building it for, you know, three, four, five months now. 
it's starting to come into our warehouse and then we're starting to ship it out to retailers, you know, our Bass Pro and Cabela's and Rogers and uh, Shields and Reed's. All these big retail guys want to get their stuff right about now to have it ready on the shelves, in their catalogs, on the website um, for you guys or everybody out there to buy it in the next month and a half or so. So right now is really busy. Right now for the next six weeks, we got, you know, trade shows going on, uh, tons of shipments going in and out. And then, you know, just everyday orders coming through our website and whatnot, uh, talking to guys through emails and phone calls. My phone doesn't <laughs> stop ringing too much this time of year, but you know, it's a good thing to talk about duck hunting before duck hunting starts. And then once duck hunting starts, it kind of dies down a little bit. Everybody kind of forgets about me a little bit, but <laughs> that's, uh, you know, it's definitely our time of year. We're, we're busy this time of year. You got a favorite of all those, uh, you know, Cabela's or Rogers or. <laughs> oh, I don't have a favorite. They're all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's my politically correct answer yeah that's a probably that's a probably safe answer yeah yeah no we've worked <laughs> with a lot of different retailers over the last you know six seven years and they all have their quirks and their reasons for doing other things but um almost all of them been really really good for us so we're excited to have them as partners and um yeah so do you have awesome. time to do anything like outdoors wise in your personal life at this time of the year? Or is it pretty much just business, business, business? Uh, that's a funny question, but uh, we actually just got back. We try to get a summer trip in just before, you know, the August crazy business season starts going on. We just got back from a walleye fishing trip in Canada uh, last Thursday, me and one of the other owners, we had 10 of us go up there and it was the most insane walleye fishing i've ever seen in my whole entire life um you know just 20 to 40 fish a day over 20 wow. inches oh wow wow one is of the that guys like up in canada or something yeah up in canada ontario <laughs> a lake called lac sewell um some of the fishing guys will know it but um it <laughs> was really crazy so um, one of the guys got a 31 and a half inch walleye <laughs> never wow. seen how anything many, like it how many pounds would that be a 31 inch or uh, in the spring, it'd be like a 12 pounder. Probably this time of year, it was maybe nine, Dang. maybe 10. Yeah. It was pretty skinny and long this time of year, but <laughs> there were a lot of big fish and that's, we, like I said, we try to get away right before we got six weeks of not getting away. So. Yeah. What was so your fishing pretty good eating? Uh, jigs, we're jigs and minnows, jigs and crawlers. Uh, we were using some spinner rigs. It didn't really seem to matter. <laughs> We, you know, sometimes fish are a little finicky on weather fronts. We got there and it was 85 degrees. Then it blew for a day and it got down to like 60 for a high. Then it was raining a day and it didn't even matter. They bit all four days in a row. Like, <laughs> good lake. If you guys want to go to Lac Sewell, I suggest it. <laughs> well, I love, uh, I love walleye. So especially yeah. eat, eating walleye. I mean, um, so. You got walleye down there, Jordan? we we don't have a lot like i've caught them yeah. um you know in some of the the big rivers but yeah. uh it's not it's not something i normally target because i do yeah. a lot of fly fishing um and uh it's kind of an accident if i catch them honestly but I do, yeah, you know I jigging do, for them it's fun i do a ton of trout fishing around home here we live within you know 100 miles of 100 different trout streams so oh, in, yeah? uh, april may and june when i got more time on my hands i'm fishing four days a week, probably is, trout fishing. Is that the, the driftless area? I've read an yep. article about yep. the driftless area being like an awesome place to trout fish in Wisconsin. 
Yeah, we are in the heart of the driftless zone. Okay. So. Awesome. But that's what I've been doing. You know, now we're we're uh, nose to the grindstone, getting decoys to guys. We're coming up on Rogers Sporting Goods show coming up in two weeks, I think, in Kansas City, Missouri, or Liberty, I guess they are in. And then we got two weeks of game fair up in Minneapolis. Uh, after that. Say so what do you guys weeks? do? What do you guys do at the Rogers event? You just have a um, booth, or it's not even a booth. They just have the show in their parking lot. They have a calling contest, and we'll just be hanging around, probably a table, kind of our aisle that has all of our stuff in their store there. And you'll be able to find us. I actually, I don't think it's going to be me this year. James is going down there. Uh, you guys have seen him on the videos too, so you'll recognize him. He'll be the guy with the white rock <laughs> hat on. And we got another buddy, Blaze, is going to be down there helping him out. So. If you guys are in Rogers Sporting Goods zone, it's worth the trip. They got a lot of good deals that weekend and a lot of fun just eating food. They got food vendors and then the calling contest and a lot of guys walking around in camouflage. Yeah, I'm only nice. about 20, 25 minutes away from Rogers. Yeah. Actually. It's a big maybe event. you should uh maybe you should set up a, a freelance duck hunting booth. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I would I don't know. I don't know what I would say. <laughs> Watch my videos. <laughs> <laughs> You can do a live podcast. A I'd be more likely to set up like a freelance hunt stats booth where I could talk about the um, website. Then I'm sure. Yeah, and they don't they don't really actually offer other outside companies to have booths like a game fair would, where there's hundreds of booths. This is just mm -hmm. their vendors that are already selling stuff through Rogers. We'll have representatives there, like you know, Dakota Decoys and Fred Zink and the Rich and Tone guys. They'll all kind of be there showing off their stuff yeah a lot of big names if you uh are a duck hunting junkie and like all the personalities in the industry they're usually there at least saturday yeah i gotta get out there and buy i buy our shells we buy them by the case out there so maybe i'll make yeah. that my day that i go that'd be fun to just go out and see it i've never been out when yeah. they were doing it yeah no good trip for sure topic for tonight is decoy spreads you got something you're gonna add in there elliot well, I was just going to say, for those of you that are uh, watching this video on YouTube, um, don't forget you can also listen into these on Google Play, iTunes, Podbean. Um, it's kind of hard to sit down on a YouTube video and watch a whole hour. So I'd say the best way probably to consume this content is while you're driving, while you're out exercising, while you're working, things like that. It makes it much more enjoyable. I know that's typically when I listen to my podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I got a 40-minute commute. <laughs> uh <laughs> every day so that's my podcast listening time mm -hmm. yeah either that or you know i've even listened to them while i'm shopping but you know i probably wouldn't you know suggest that one as much <laughs> <laughs> going around the store with your headbuds in just running people right. over with the cart <laughs> gotta pay a little bit more attention <clears throat> so anyways back to the topic the topic for tonight is uh decoy strategies decoy spreads and we got our resident expert jake on the subject so uh i don't know about expert but i'll, <laughs> I'll take it for now <laughs> <laughs> well more of an expert than me and elliot we'll, we'll give you that one <laughs> all right so uh, i guess go ahead and um i guess to step back a little bit um go ahead just for the people who weren't with us last time and give people kind of a brief overview of who you are and what you got going on Oh, sure. So I'm Jake. I'm one of the three owners of White Rock Decoy Company. We manufacture um, mobile decoy solutions for 
you know, the up and coming generation of go get them waterfallers, um, wind socks, silhouettes, uh, collapsible floater decoys, and then just a whole system to go along with that, you know, flyer decoys and blind door decoys and bags that work as lightweight portable decoys so you can get more of them for less money and have bigger spreads to go further and hunt harder than you ever would with a trailer full of full bodies. So that's who we are. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. That's who we are. Hashtag be a nomad. <laughs> yeah, man, be a nomad. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, let's just jump right in right into the the topic and I guess uh give us your your kind of baseline strategy. Um, you know, if you're gonna teach a new guy who is gonna go out and uh hunt, you know, what would be the strategy for setting up decoys? Sure. Just in general, um I think you'd have to take it kind of by species almost, guys. Like you're gonna have a different strategy when you're hunting ducks on a pond versus ducks on a river versus Canada geese in the field versus snow geese right yep. um and we could kind of even break down all those individual strategies but the number one step i would say is to pick the spot that you're gonna hide first so a successful duck hunt happens when the birds don't see you and whether you're hunting a field that's stubble corn or a fence line or a marsh with weeds or a flooded, you know, um, flooded timber, you gotta hide the guys first. So the first thing we do when we're going to a spot is we pick out where we're gonna sit. And that's really the basis of your spread, right? So once you know where you're gonna be, you know where the ducks are gonna be or where you wanna put the ducks or geese or whatever it is. Um, from there, if it's a field setup, we will lay out our blinds or our whites or whatever we're laying in if we're in a field. And then we'll start with decoys around the hunters. If the height is good enough where we're using blinds or whites and we're laying in the field, not an edge or something, right? Are you guys following? Yes. Um, we will take the main group of decoys that we have and we put them around the hunters to help hide the guys. If you start by putting your stuff out in the field and just start throwing decoys out and you're like, okay, where's everybody going to hide? Um, then you, you end up running out of decoys to help hide your guys. So decoys are very important to help hide your guys. So step one, find out where you're going to hide. Step two, put your stuff there. <coughs> everybody in the group knows that's where you're going to go. Step three, put decoys around the blinds first. And that's So I guess... Uh... Um, before we move on from that, um, can you can kind of go into like better detail as far as like your strategy for hiding the blinds with your decoys? Sure. So picking the spot in a field. So let's just go, we're talking fields now. Um, tall stubble, the tallest stubble, um, never put them on top of a hill. A lot of guys we see have that problem when they're, they call it hill topping. They're putting their blinds right on top of the tallest point of the hill because they think the birds will get you closer or get closer to you. You're better off going down the hill a little ways, not usually behind the hill. Then you're laying up, facing up with your feet above your head. That's not good. But if you go down the hill into the dip a little ways, your blinds won't get silhouetted. And that's usually a better spot than up right on top of the hill. Um, otherwise, just if it's a flat field, the tallest spot, um, the most cover in the field is typically where we'll set the blinds first. And we'll take, you know, a few minutes, 10, 20, 
minutes to try to find a spot in the field that has the best cover. Um, it's a lot easier when you're scouting birds to see in the light where the best cover is. And a lot of guys will watch them all night, feed and leave, go back to the roost, and then go out there that night, find where the birds were, find where they're going to sit, put a marker in the spot in the field, and they know right in the way in the morning that's where they're going to go set their blinds so you don't have to waste that half hour in the morning try to figure out where you're going to sit in this giant field, um, you know, where the, where's the best cover and whatnot like that. So, um, I don't know. What else do you think on that? What do you guys do? Like Elliot, you hunt some fields, right? Um, you know, we, we probably field hunt less than anything else. We, uh, we just, we do a lot more marshes and rivers than we do fields. So all of that, like the hilltopping thing, that's kind of new to me. I'd say out of all the kinds of hunting, field hunting is definitely where I am the least knowledgeable on. So all those things I'm like, we do during snow goose season, but all those things you're talking about that I'm daydreaming. I'm like, okay, were we hilltopping that time? You know, <laughs> right, right, right. So yeah, I, I, was I thinking think that's back good too. stuff. <laughs> I think that's good stuff. My one thing that I was thinking is um, just as far as you, your crew, cause I know you've got the nomad thing going or which is basically the same thing as freelance. You're bouncing and going all over the place. What yeah. percentage of your hunts are water versus field? Do you guys find yourselves just being opportunistic or do you focus on fields more? So it depends on the trip we are taking at home. We're hundred percent water. The ducks don't leave the river, the Mississippi river you hunt them on the water. So at home, we can talk about um, water spreads for sure next, but we're 100% on water here. Mm -hmm. When we're going on a trip to say Saskatchewan or Manitoba or North Dakota, we're opportunistic. We'll bring floaters, we'll bring field sets. Um, this is in the fall. And if we find a big duck feed in a field, we'll hunt that. If we find just a transition slough that's laced with mallards, we have no problem jumping in there um, and hunting water so so kind of a preference does it does it matter to you as far as what you enjoy the most i i enjoy hunting ducks over water i really do i like to see the splash of ducks over water but yeah. the preference is the best looking spot for the day sure like like oh my god this is when you find it you know that's the spot you want to be and then you get excited for that spot so the preference um, we, we is killing ducks. <laughs> yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're there to kill birds, and we want to see the coolest show, and we'll spend a lot of time driving around to find the coolest-looking spot, and that's the spot we'll hunt for sure. So I've been told, and I'm not sure if I can confirm this, but I actually read a I read an old waterfowling book from the 50s, and he was talking about all his strategies, and he said when ducks come off water and go out to feed, they all fly kind of a highway and there's multiple different highways that come from their roost area. So you can be a mile away from this highway, uh, this air highway and not see anything. Um, but if you get in the right spot, they all kind of funnel the same flow pattern. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, man. Flight lines are huge. Um, over water. I think we lost your, uh... We lost your audio, Jake. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah. I think you're there. Yep. Yeah, I double right. double check to make sure your mic mic's plugged in all the way. Dang it again. Hold on. So while while he's doing that, uh, one more thing I want I want to say about field is that I I would like to get into more field hunting, 
And I actually know the flight line they come off. I know the general area in which they go and feed, but it's like a nine to five, well, seven to four is what my job is. Makes it almost impossible for me to go and actually scout them, get the fields. Like I've got them located, not field wise, but I've got the area located year after year. I know the general area to go. I just can't get out and put the kind of time I need to do into it to get the access to find the spots. That's kind of frustrating because I would like to do more field hunting. Right. So can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. So I guess on that, I would say yes, the flight lines are important to you, Elliot, and they're important to us here on the Mississippi River and really any body of water. If you learn the area, I, I was thinking about this the other day. When you start in a new area, you don't really know spots. You don't know flight lines. You don't know anything. You just go out there and you kind of pick a point right? But as you learn and watch birds uh, weekend after weekend or watch where the guys are consistently shooting at birds, the next year when that same scenario rolls around, you'll know the birds are going to come off this side, up these trees and down back over here into the marsh. And you should probably be 200 yards that way to start killing birds. And we see it year after year after year. And the guys who hunt a lot know the flight lines of the ducks for sure yep and it, it's not this i think i would say it's different for geese geese bounce around a lot more mm -hmm. um especially snow geese like they can just bounce off any old way but they definitely go in flights as well and once one bird goes that's kind of where they're all going to go but you can count on ducks using the same flight lines year after year i would say that's interesting. Uh, one of these years, if I if my schedule ever opens up, I'm going to get into more field <laughs> hunting because I know you give me a couple more free days a week and I'd be able <laughs> yeah. to pinpoint them down. Yeah, it's hard when you don't have time to scout. You got to hunt the areas and the spots you're confident in. Yeah, and that's what it I mean, that's what it is. So we're lucky enough to have some time to scout. I remember, you know, just getting out of college when I had that first real job and I didn't have quite the time to scout. I would take my lunch break. We're close enough to the area. I would take my hour, get in my boat, do a quick loop on the river, see what's going on out there. And that was my scout. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I bet you were late more than once. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, the, yeah, the problem with scouting like that is, um, for me at least, is I've scouted out where there's tons of birds and like an afternoon noon scout and then like try to go there in the morning. And like we hunted all morning, you know, got to afternoon, nothing was happening. And like no one believed me that there was like a thousand <laughs> birds here yesterday. And we yeah. like get back to the boat launch and all of a sudden birds just start dumping in there. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely easier on a longer trip too. You know, you got five days, you kind of, okay, this is a new area. I'm learning the area. Where are the birds in this, you know, hundred mile zone. And by day two or three, you kind of got, okay, here are the three or four fields or spots and zones in this area that are going to be our spots. And by that day or four or five, you got them really dialed in. You know, like, okay, this is the spot on the spot. And you know, it's going to be really good by the end of the trip. Usually. How many days do you guys normally hunt on your hunt trips? Four or five. I would four say you get longer than that. And guy, you know, you get limit issues and you got guys that need to go home and it's, you know, that's, a day drive, three, four, five day hunt, and then drive home. Yeah. All right, let's we go ahead and uh, three is what we try to do. Let's go ahead and uh, jump to the the water spreads. Um, 
go ahead and give us your, your opinion on that subject. Um, opinion on water spreads would be, again, if you don't have time to scout, you're hunting a spot, then make sure you got your hide figured out where you're going to sit on your bucket or where you're going to sit by your tree. Uh, we're really anti-boat blind, very, very anti-boat blind. Do everything you can to get out of that boat, get on shore. Um, we've actually gone to using some of these stand-up A-frame style blinds this year on the river that you can cover better than a boat sitting in the water um, if you need to. But natural cover, find your spot you're going to sit and then put the decoys within your reach, within your shotgun reach. Um, for ducks, we leave a hole in the middle. It's nothing too fancy, you know, but always make sure you got a hole for the ducks to land. Ducks are uh, very cognitive of coming into an open spot in decoys, I would say. Whereas geese, especially snow geese, were just kind of making a mob. Ducks will definitely make a hole. Not necessarily a U or a shape or anything like that, but leave a spot for them to land on water. Have you tried the... Um the goose strategy for ducks where a lot of people kind of been uh switching to using you know majority geese for for decoying in ducks we use a, so on the river we use a lot of goose wind socks and goose silhouettes to decoy ducks yep awesome yeah, we do we yeah. don't have a lot of goose floaters we don't have any goose floaters actually <laughs> but we do use goose decoys on sandbars and mud flats to decoy ducks for sure awesome now, yeah, been, uh, but you're still using a lot that. of. I'm sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. I, I've been doing the, the same thing somewhat, and uh, and finding some success with the geese over just only ducks having a majority geese, or you know at least some geese in the spread. It seems the uh, the the ducks really love the geese. Yeah, there's some attraction there for sure. If you can get a bunch of dark goose decoys out there. Yeah. Do you ever make mid hunt adjustments to your decoys, like to try to change what the ducks are doing? Yeah, we'll open them up or tighten them in to try to get the ducks closer or farther. Not usually farther, <laughs> but, you know, to come at a different angle or, you know, open a hole bigger, make the hole smaller. Um, one thing a lot of guys do that um, when their ducks are landing out far, they'll typically pull decoys in closer. A lot of times we'll actually throw decoys another 10 yards out farther and just kind of spread them out more making it more inviting for the ducks to come, you know, closer. It's a kind of an opposite strategy, but we'll do that every once in a while. Hmm. See, that's had, one thing uh, I, go ahead. <laughs> um, I had a similar thing last year as well, like where we had the spread um, and we kind of started it out like 15 yards away from the blind and, you know, wanted the, the ducks to kind of um, land in that 15 yards like towards the blind but they ended up landing on the other side of the decoys and we kept pushing them out but we never got them to <laughs> come closer to the blind <laughs> yeah. unfortunately yeah. they're like oh we'll just land 40 yards away we're like okay <laughs> anyways playing what were you gonna say elliot fun. playing with decoys is fun it gives you something you know when they're not acting the way that you want them to react it just gives you something to try to get hope sometimes yeah right <laughs> Yeah, we definitely have a couple decoy movers in the group. You always got a couple guys, right? That it's not yeah. working. Go switch something. So we're more. The at, problem uh, with that. I'm not. I, that's, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with that, as soon as you go out, you're like, ah, I'm gonna switch them. Is right when the birds show up. So it's like, yep. uh, yeah. If you want them to show up, go out there and move them. I guess. Yeah. Well, I've been dedicated. Like the last year is like, okay, 
I'm going to try this and finally been doing a little bit where you're putting some decoys really far out of shotgun range yeah. in an attempt to still make it bring the ducks in. And we've actually had some success doing that. It's just, it's easier said than done. Cause in your mind, I always put them out there and then my mind is like, okay, they're going to land right out there at <laughs> right 60, on top 70 yards. I know they're going to, but it does work. Awesome. So that kind of goes back to the goose thing. Like I've had like weird experiences where it seems like the ducks land like right on the geese. I'm like, what is going on? Like, um, and it just, you know, it seems to work really well. Just have the geese in there. Yeah. Yeah. Goose decoys definitely work, work for ducks. Yeah. So what about snow goose decoys for mallards in on river settings and things like that? Um, if there are snow geese in the area, we will hunt, uh, ducks with snow goose decoys. If we're hunting Canada geese and there's snow geese in the area, we typically won't put out snows. Um, the Canada geese shy away from them for some reason. And the snow geese don't get tricked by a small spread of snow goose decoys. Does that make sense? So if, yep. You know, there's some snow geese in the area, and there's even some mixed in the flocks. If you're seeing mixed flocks, you're probably, at least in our experience, you're probably on a dark goose hunt. You might shoot an off snow goose or two here and there, but we'll just hunt dark geese if we're hunting dark geese and ducks. But if we're hunting ducks, we'll put snows out as well. Okay. And my buddy's been, Aiden has been really wanting, wondering about that. And I know at some point, He's like, well, we've got, you know, extra snow goose decoys on the river. Let's just go out and add a bunch. And now I can think, no. So I've never done it over water. I've never put a snow goose on a river, a pond setting or a sandbar. But if you have a lot of snow goose decoys and not a lot of field duck decoys or field Canada goose decoys, and you're in, you know, Nebraska or Kansas or North Dakota, anywhere there's snow geese around, hunt ducks over snow geese. Absolutely. Do it, man. But if there's no snow geese around, then no, probably not. Um, I would probably, <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably I mean, you might, that. You might want but to try it at the, least once. <laughs> if you're in the right zone, you know, you're in the right flyaway and they're used to seeing snows, then yeah, try it. Yeah, okay. I just, I just want Aiden to have some false open. <laughs> you show up on well, one of your hunts, it's just right? all snow it's geese. It's something different, right? Like, like yeah. we were saying earlier. If, yeah, that's Everybody true. else has duck decoys out and you got... 200 snow goose decoys out yeah you might win buddy we'll see he, he i told him i'd ask you that because he was yeah. talking about it the other day and i've always my my opinion was i was kind of like i mean we don't get snows until february here i mean we don't see them in much in january and sure. and so my, i'm always reluctant to to do anything like that if they're not in the area myself yeah we see them never in indiana so <laughs> <laughs> you are missing out man yeah i wouldn't try them then jordan yeah. I wouldn't try them. <laughs> well we've we've had a couple i mean a couple a couple times where they've been around but barely ever they're just yeah. not uh not in our flyway no i guess just to wrap that up you know spreads i'm not a spread expert in at any way shape or form i don't like shapes i don't like use i don't like donut holes <laughs> I like hiding hunters. So pick your spot. If you need decoys to hide a hunter, use your decoys. If you're in the weeds or you're in the 
you know, fence line, those stand-up blinds work pretty good for those if you're in the right kind of area, you know, Saskatchewan or uh, North Dakota. The bigger fields, we have, haven't had as much luck getting birds to come to the edges. Um, but, you know, just find somewhere to hide, put your decoys out. If you've got ducks on the mind, leave them a spot to land and you'll be good, man. It's not rocket scientist or it's not rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, kind of, kind of a different question, pulling this in a different direction. But um, do you guys hunt teal at all? Uh, we do have a teal season. We it's typically open the first of September, which is the opening day of our early goose. So we're typically chasing Canada geese. Okay, so you just skip out on that. We so usually if, skip it. Yeah, so pretty, if you uh, were to do that, would you yep. use your wind socks for those or? Uh, probably not. I would probably gotcha. use floaters. Yeah. They're teal on the river. They're like on water. You don't see teal coming up to sandbars really. They're in the weeds. Um, yeah. Just a that's, bunch of true, mallard, yeah. mallard floaters. It doesn't matter on a teal. It really doesn't matter on any duck. I don't think puddle duck anyway, if you have anything other than a mallard decoy out. Cool beans. I think we've all gone right. over all the questions I had pre-written. Yeah, yeah. Me as well. That's pretty good coverage of that. So yeah. I guess, uh, um, I know that uh, you guys have a, a kind of promotion going on for you guys. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about that at all. Yeah, for sure. We got uh, a lot of stuff coming up for White Rock Decoys. We have a special six weeks of free Deeks promotion. If you guys haven't heard it or seen it on our Facebook page, head on over. We give away a box of decoys every single day from now, just started yesterday, until August 31st. That's like 30 dozen uh, decoys. We've been doing it at White Rock Decoys for six, seven years now, six weeks of free decoys. It's really fun. Guys get into it. So it's really easy to enter. You just sign up on our on our website or share a post on a Facebook page, and you got a chance to win some cool decoys. So that's what we got going on for promotion side. We got a couple sales going on. Um, we got most of our decoys back in stock for the season. If you're looking for floaters or wind socks or silhouettes or whatnot, check them out on the website. Awesome. And uh, What's the promo code? Oh, yeah, we got our Duck Gun Pod promo code for everybody who listened to the, the podcast today. Duck Gun Pod. Yeah, so don't don't feel too bad if you don't uh, end up winning that six week, six weeks of free deeks. Is that how it goes? Yeah, six that's weeks how it goes. of, you know, you you don't have to feel too bad. You can just grab your promo code and head on over there and yeah, it's ten percent off a, anything on the website. So nice, awesome. So you want to go ahead and uh uh plug your uh, social media where people can find you and youtube all that kind of stuff we're white rock decoys on the internet and that's a wrap folks jake's mic actually took uh crap right there at the end and cut out completely um so i'll go ahead and plug his stuff for him um you can find them at white rock decoys on the internet they got uh youtube white rock decoys as well with some great seasonal hunts um, or hunts all the way through their season. You can find them on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere, White, White Rock Decoys. Um, so be sure to check them out. Really appreciate Jake coming on and uh, taking time out to be on the podcast with us. So just a, a little bit of a side note. Um, we did have um, another issue with the encoder having a glitch, and we ended up losing about um, 15 to 20 minutes minutes during the middle of the podcast. So um, if, if you want to see that, it's on YouTube, on the live stream, on the Duck Gun Chronicles YouTube channel. And uh, 
you know the audio during that part is a little rough and scratchy uh, but it's there if you want to see it so yeah that's that's pretty much all I got for tonight um, thanks again everyone for joining us we really appreciate you guys tuning in week after week and supporting us with the podcast um, make sure to tell your buddies tell your friends about the podcast that's the, the best way you can help us grow and help us be successful at this podcast so anyways we'll see you guys next week bye <laughs>